Welcome to Pen Meets Paper, International Edition, episode number two. My name is Martin Lindeskog. Hi, Yuan, Yuan, and Mo. How are you doing? Fine. Hi, Martin. We're fine. How are you? Fine. We're doing fine, Martin. Thank you. Great. Great. Great to hear. So uh, today we we have our guest is Mo uh, Bekdash from Dingbat's Notebook, and uh, maybe you could introduce yourself, Mo. Yes, uh, thank you, Johan. So, hi guys, uh, I'm Mo from Dingbats, uh, Dingbats Notebooks, um, and uh, I'm lucky today to be invited to a Pen and Paper podcast, and it's really a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, so, uh, I'm a descendant of the oldest company in Lebanon since 1800, and uh, just uh, in a few years back, we started doing notebooks. And we started selling actually in Europe, uh, mainly in the UK and uh, mm-hmm. North America. And, uh, and we've reached a long journey so far, uh, thanks to all the customers and for all the fans that we have. Uh, I think uh, we have lots of things and topics to discuss today. So it's a pleasure to have this conversation with you guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, the, uh, the the company named Dingbass. Uh, you said it was uh, you were the fifth generation in the company. Uh, has the name always been Dingbass? Uh, so the, actually, the 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 parent company is called the Société Camel Bigdash Efis. Uh, that is the parent company's name, which is a French pronunciation as well. Um, mm-hmm. Dingbats notebooks. Uh, Dingbats is the name of the brand produced by Societe Camel Dash and hence uh, we created the new company, uh, which is called Dingbats Notebooks Limited in the UK. And we also have another company based in Dubai called Dingbats Notebooks DMCC. So these are all part of the same uh, group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, yeah, yeah. When when did you when did you start uh, the the notebooks uh, division? So uh, the notebooks division actually started in my father's factory in 2011. Uh, in 2011, uh, my father's factory opened doors to uh, notebook production, and we were actually producing notebooks uh, as third party manufacturers for other brands. So uh, basically other brands from Europe or from the Middle East used to come to my father's factory and produce their notebooks over here. Um, after that, um, we decided to kind of produce our own line of notebooks called Dingbats. Uh, Dingbats was first mainly sold in the local market uh, and uh, for exercise books and school ranges, such as refill papers as well, and the many other lines. Um, and uh, due to the situation as well in the region and in the country, uh, producing this line of notebooks became very costly and had a very small audience and market, so it eventually phased, phased out. And uh, in 2016, uh, while I was still working at uh, another company, I'll explain a, bit, a little bit about that, um, uh, I decided to kind of take some of the notebooks that were still in our warehouse back in Beirut uh, and uh, ship them over to the UK and start selling them online. And uh, that's when we focused on the wildlife collection, which is kind of our winner collection, collection right now. And the, the collection really changed since we introduced either ways, lots of new colors, 
every single material uh, changed according to what the customer said. So uh, there were lots of changes uh, throughout time, but I would say the real time when the brand was born was in 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, who was, no. uh, yeah, Martin? Uh, I have, uh, when I uh, looked up the name, uh, so I had a, a question, uh, curious about uh, the word dingbats, that you could have both in singulars and pluralis, and the, yeah. you could have like special uh, symbols, like an asterisk, and yes. uh, as a side note, I see that you have that like, almost like a logotype. Could you tell us a bit more about that? I, I, I like that uh, idea, that you will recognize this uh, uh, asterisk symbol, like uh, yeah, yeah so like a star really almost. That. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah. We really try to enforce that as part of the brand because our brand, Dingbats, uh, the, the definition for that is ornamental motifs, like a printer's yep. ornament. So it's any yep. symbol that you use uh, in typography, uh, which can also include exclamation marks or any punctuation marks, any uh, representations of any character there is. Uh, so, for example, if you see in our notebooks, even the elephant debossing and the animal debossing, uh, inside you have like the footprints of the animals. These are all dingbats. Mm. So they are representations. Mm. Um, and if um, you see, we, we used to have previous collections as well that used to have these symbols all on the cover of our notebooks, which are all dingbats mm -hmm. as well. And dingbats as a logo has like a asterisk or in, in the real logo that you see, like the illustrative logo, you see a special character. Uh, and this mm -hmm. is our actual logo um, that, that we use. So... So this is why during typing, we use the asterisk to represent that because our brand is yeah. all about these uh, kind of figures. Great. Thanks, Mo, for that side note. So, yeah, um... and, and actually, Dingbats is another meaning, which is quite yeah. uh, annoying sometimes, uh, which okay. means this, someone who is silly or, uh, uh -huh. or, stu or stupid. Yeah. So uh, this is also okay. another meaning of Dingbats. So we try to tell people that, no, this is not who we are. We are the other <laughs> definition. But when you have come to the right, right place, we are silly here at the Pentius <laughs> Paper Podcast. So. So. And it's actually weird when sometimes customers send an email to, to our email address, uh, hey, dingbats, and then they start laughing yeah. about it. Like, we don't need to be <laughs> offensive or anything. Uh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the uh, name anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I want to uh, go back to to, to when, when you started with with your own production of notebooks. Uh, yeah. Did 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 you did you have an any special ID when you start? Did, uh, what what made you think that we needed another notebook? Uh, and what uh, what, uh, what 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 did you what did you think was missing? Uh, so uh, we thought that w when Dingbat started. Um, we really targeted a very specific audience and a very specific niche in the notebook market in general. What we thought is that the notebook market is really filled with mass-produced, um, really commercial, uh, advertised brands that are really not that personal to the, to the end consumer. What we wanted to do is to give the customers something in this digital era right now, something more personal that they can actually relate to. And not just a brand where we kind of just advertise it as being the best notebook brand and, and that's it. We really wanted something people can relate to. 
for example, within this wildlife theme, so that people can maybe relate to one of the animals that they're buying. L lots of details are also included in these, like the uh, small footprints in front and in, uh, in uh, in the inside the inside the end of the notebook, which where all other notebooks actually just use a plain sheet of paper. Uh, even the materials we use are very, very, very well sourced and well crafted uh, from uh, uh, suppliers that really care about what we believe as a vision and mission as well. So this product is actually uh, behind this product comes lots of planning, lots of care, lots of thought and about what the end consumer would like to have and not just buy and throw away or show off as a brand. We want to sell the product and not, not only the brand itself. Also, when you, uh, uh, one, one thing that, that I really like and, and it's, a, it's a really unique selling point for you is that you have, uh, you have a vegan leather. It's, it's a very nice material you have around your, your books, but it's, uh, uh, it's vegan-friendly. Vegan uh, uh, was that something you, that come from the start or was it uh, a demand from, from customers? So uh, this also relates to the previous question where we felt that in addition to having like a mass-produced kind of market, uh, there wasn't any brand that was actually uh, caring about the environment in the sense of producing these notebooks, but at the same time <laughs> making sure that this does not affect the environment in a negative way. So even the uh, so I'll come to the leather in a bit, but even the paper yeah. that we use is FSC certified and sourced from responsible forestry meaning that any tree that is cut down is reharvested in a very well, um, I mean, everything is very well taken care of. These forests are very well managed and protected. So the, this, the paper that we use is actually not harming the environment in any way. Same thing goes with the PU that we use. Um, all the other brands actually use PVC, which is the, one of the most toxic plastics that are out there. Uh, PU, which is a vegan leather, is actually plastic-based, but it's biodegradable. So it actually uh, mm. it degrades with time, but uh, only under kind of certain cir circumstances where it's mixed with soil and certain temperatures. So uh, even if you actually notice as well, other notebook brands not only use PVC, they also introduce some lines which are real leather and, and, and sell those as well as kind of a luxury item. But I mean... Yeah. I mean, no, that's really not good in, in any ethical way or sense. Uh, we want to deviate from that. We want to show people that we actually care about the environment because we actually do. And, and even having these animals in front, we want to cherish these. We want to celebrate their lives and uh, make sure that we go on a track where they are no longer endangered. And uh, having natural leather uh, defeats the purpose as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so the 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 whole environmental thinking uh, uh, was was a part of you choosing these uh, animals to uh, to be on your wildlife collection. Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing is that the response that we got from the customers of uh, of the wildlife collection of of how our materials are sourced, even if um, I mean, incentivized us to kind of even move this kind of. Uh, vision and mission and cause that we have even forward. So we even uh, kind of focused on that even more and more 
uh, every time customers praised us for this specific purpose. Yeah, but and it's it's true what you say because I've been around and and read about other notebooks and other papers and 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 you have a very long and and honest and thorough description on your page about your and your about your environmental attitude. So it's it was really refreshing to see that you that you. I, I as a as a customer really felt that you that you care about it. It was not just it was wasn't just a a selling point. It was it was a as a real quest a real issue for you. I mean, yeah, and not only that. I mean, we uh, so my father as well. We really uh, we really like uh, the the whole subject about wildlife and the environment. Uh, yeah. And we're always in talks, uh, by the way, with the conservation societies, uh, all of them. And because we really wish to someday be able to partner with these and give back to those uh, conservation programs that they're doing, uh, in, whether it's in Africa or in South America. So um, uh, we also would like to, at some point, uh, give back to, to these animals to help uh, saving their lives as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. I have a little question about the the paper. Do you do you make your own paper? Do you buy it from uh, some some paper mill supplier, or or do you control the whole uh, the whole production there as well? So the good thing is that uh, our parent company, so Societe Camembert is uh, is mm. mainly a paper trading company. So mm. we literally know every almost every single paper mill that's out there. So we we went through two paper changes, by the way. We first started with a paper that was sourced from Spain. Uh, uh, that was in the early days. It didn't work out really well, especially with fountain pens. It was really horrible. Mm-hmm. After that, we changed uh, to another supplier. Uh, the paper was uh, much better, much, much better. And this was the one that we have been using for the past year and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. And now we were able to uh, uh, have a new uh, type of paper that has actually been tested and proven to be the best out there. Uh, there is a special form of coating that's on the paper that prevents the ink to seep through. And if you notice, the paper is also extremely smooth, so you can actually feel the coating that's on the notebook. And we use a 100 GSM paper just to be extra sure that shadowing does not occur um, because that's something that people are really annoyed with on other notebook brands as well. Mm. So I think uh, as of last month, when we officially rolled out this new uh, paper quality, we literally have the best uh, writing paper quality notebook that is out there. And our job now is to show people that, hey, we have this new uh, type of paper, just try it and see how it is with your pens. And they are really sold on the spot. Uh, we, we we just came back from the London stationery show last mm-hmm. week, and uh, we had like notebooks open with fountain pens, and people started writing, and everyone was literally amazed. So uh, that was a really success uh, mm-hmm. event that happened to us as a brand. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I've tried both the first paper there and probably, I guess, the middle one. And uh, I noticed a... Uh, an improvement, I must say. I have to ask you and Gustafsson which one, uh, which version I have I, I right would, now. 
I, w- I would say that that uh, the, uh, the you have the second and the third. Oh yeah. So you have the you have the the greatest paper in the world, and you have uh, the middle one. Oh no, yeah. and I don't know which is which now, do I? Uh, so actually, there's a different shade uh, oh. uh, in the old paper. Yeah. The second paper that we had, it was a whiter shade, and in the new one, it's more yeah. of a creamish color. Yeah. Uh, so we were able to influence the mill in the sense to apply this coating, but we were not able to influence a lot with regards to color. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think for me as a notebook user myself, uh, the shade of the color of the paper is really just a personal preference and you get used to what you're using. So right nice. now, I literally nice. can't write in any other paper than the, than the one that we just introduced. Mm-hmm. I have yeah as as uh, yeah I must say I continue have, you want I have a notebook which is bound with uh, Clairefontaine Triumph and it's it's a really nice paper but it's almost too white for some occasions and uh, ink never dries so I think it's a good compromise also this oh, works good with the uh, pencils also which needs some traction uh, yes, in the paper yes. and and it's weird to know that there are some other brands as well uh, that I can't name actually. But there are some other brands that even when writing a pencil, mm. uh, you can see from the other side of the page. And it's crazy because, I mean, it's, uh, it's the pencil. notebook yeah. is all about its paper. And this is the number one thing that people would focus focus on. Uh, and, uh, and as I said, we're, we're trying to sell the product itself and not selling just a brand and giving any product. So I think uh, the feedback also that we had from the customers is really great. And I think we're going to move forward with this uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what I like about, about the, the new paper that I've been uh, testing for a while, now for a while is that, like you said, it's really good with, with fountain pen. Uh, and there is also uh, uh, an acceptable drying time. So, so it it's right. dries quite quick, uh, uh, contrary to to other brands that you need to to wait uh, before you can turn the page. So, so I think it's uh, it's great that you have so good paper uh, and still can have a, a short drying time. Yeah, that, that's great mm-hmm. to know, really. So thank you so much for the feedback. Uh, I, we haven't heard so much about the drying time yet. Yet, so uh, thank you so much for this. That's really reassuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a former purchaser, I'm interested to a bit follow up here about the supply chain and uh, how you have been in touch with all your vendors and put everything together. Could you, as you said, you are located in Lebanon yeah. and you are selling, you have markets in uh, and also distribution there in, in mainly in the United Kingdom. Could yeah. you tell a bit more about the supply chain and from the vendors, suppliers, as you said now, the paper and how you could influence and have a dialogue with, with your suppliers? Um, and then I will uh, continue with some uh, market uh, questions also. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, and let's say so from, from us as a manufacturing kind of facility plus paper trading house, we do uh, import uh, lots of big volumes of paper from all around the world, from mm-hmm. many months. So we have very good connections, actually, and in the sense of getting the, the, the best quality uh, at the right time that we need, uh, knowing that most of the mills right now are always fully booked as well. That is an issue that everyone is mm-hmm. facing. 
and the prices are increasing like crazy for every single raw material that we're using. So given our kind of um, existence in the market for a really long time, uh, we are well known uh, in terms of paper trade. So we are able to get the right paper in the right quantities in the right time that we need. For other uh, raw materials, for example, for the covering material, we do have a very good relationship as well with the, with the mill, and they are Italian-based, by the way. Uh, mm. So we really have good connections with them. Uh, we meet uh, on a regular basis, and they always have kind of like an allocation for us secured. Even, uh, you know, in the white hat collection, some of the colors are only uh, purchased by us so they produce them especially for us only um, and to no one else so we really have a very good relationship given the number of years that we have been working with them with for not only our notebooks but for the other notebooks that we use to produce as well as third-party manufacturers okay and other than like that, a private brand or something yeah exactly exactly this is what we used to do before and we by the way we stopped mm -hmm. doing notebooks for other brands when dingbats kind of uh, uh, began its success story um, some yeah. other raw materials like the elastic strap the pen holder uh, the, the, the ribbons uh, these are all uh, easy to find materials so th these are not kind of uh, difficult to source and if, and you have many suppliers for those as well but uh, the main two uh, or three actually source of materials that we have and we have good relationships with and allocations is the paper, the covering material and the end sheets, the, the, the cardboard that is on the end sheets where the footprints are. Uh, so these are the, the three top kind of uh, materials that we always have to secure. Um, I mean, uh, shall I continue more uh, along the chain, how it goes further yes, down? Yes. Yes, please. Yeah, so uh, w once we get all the materials, we source them over here. We start our manufacturing process, and it's actually mainly made by hand. So our notebooks are handmade. Uh, some processes are, of course, not done by hand, like printing and all, all of those. Um, uh, so printing and folding the paper, these are not done by hand. But uh, all the finishing of the notebook, uh, how the uh, cover is affixed to the inside block, um, uh, all the uh, putting in the pen holder, constructing the pocket, the pocket, and 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 gluing it is all done by hand here in our facility. And we, uh, due to the uh, high volumes that we witnessed last year and this year, we actually had to now also subcontract some of our work to other to another manufacturer, uh, because our volumes really went up like crazy. And last year we were in stock maybe to 40 to 50% of the year only because we couldn't keep up with the demand. Um, so yeah, and other than that, uh, the notebooks uh, go on their way to the UK, to Germany, uh, to the USA, to Canada. Um, we also had an issue last year whereby shipping times from uh, Beirut are really long. Uh, if we want mm. to ship via sea freight, like to the US, it even takes three months sometimes. To the UK, two months. Um, so uh, at the, uh, due to that, we had to ship uh, via air freight, which was also extremely costly for us. But we just had to do it to put some product in the market. 
Uh, and right mm. now, we also kind of changed our strategy where we also acquired some space in a warehouse in uh, mainland Europe uh, for faster shipping to the US and to the rest of Europe. Yeah, yeah. it's great to hear because I had this question about the, as a purchaser, for purchasers, as a delivery and lead time, yeah. the price range and also the warranty guarantee and so on. And it's lots of things included in this uh, product. So uh, how, how do you, um, how do you say, uh, educate uh, the potential uh, target market about this? About um, all the features that are in the notebook? Yeah. So yeah. right now, since we are mainly online, it's mm. uh, a bit easier because you can uh, write, you can write to people what the features are. And you can show yep. them multiple images of the notebook inside and outside, which is something that you can't do physically in retail. Um, so uh, this is a, a, an advantage. And right now, we also started rolling out uh, into the physical market, which I'll explain in a bit. Uh, but yeah, mainly we show as many images as we can, high-res images, explain as much as we can with the passion that we have, show the customers that we actually care about them and care about giving them a, um, a quality product and resting them assured that if anything wrong happens that we are here to fix any issue so we are really here to kind of um, help them choose the right notebook that they need to write with next mm -hmm. yeah yeah right. well, uh, one, one thing that i noticed uh, uh was it was just that i had some uh, i had some issues or some troubles with my earlier books and I reached out uh, to you and you were very fast and very helpful in, in responding and, and it, it's kind of, kind of took me by surprise uh, that, <laughs> that's that customer you were, service you want yeah. yeah I was yeah, but now I, not everybody is, is that helpful and, and that responsive or, that's true uh, so, so it's, it, it's it's a real uh, it's it's one of the best features of the Dingbus notebook is it, is the is the uh, the care that you have for the products and and it and and you really show it to to customers uh, that's my my experience uh, uh, so so I just want to once you mention that uh, and and one one question uh, about about the manufacturing before we move on yeah, is do, yeah. what 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 has has been the, the the biggest obstacle or the, the most tricky part uh, the, uh, when, when manufacturing these books? So uh, the most, uh, actually the most time-consuming uh, feature of the notebook is something you'll be surprised to hear. Um, uh, if you notice in the notebook, in the white dive collection, the covers are all stitched at the edges. So there's like stitching of the thread that is similar to the color of the notebook. Uh, this is the most time consumer, uh, time consuming and labor intensive process that we have manufacturing our notebooks, believe it or not. Uh, other than that, uh, everything is really fine, uh, but printing the right color that we need uh, using our paper because we also changed uh, paper qualities with time, right? So uh, with changing paper qualities and changing paper shades, Using the same kind of uh, uh, color of the ink while printing does not give you the same result. Mm -hmm. So we also have to kind of change the color that we're using, uh, change the intensity levels just to make it 
just to be extra sure that the lines or the dots or the squares are kind of easy on the eyes while writing. So this mm -hmm. was also something that we uh, we were caught on while we were changing the paper qualities as well. Uh, so yeah, these are the two things I would say are the most kind of difficult things. But other than that, it's uh, more about uh, taking care of every single step because uh, manufacturing our notebook is not like manufacturing any other notebook. It's uh, really well taken care of because every process takes two or three times as much in terms of time. Um, and it's, you know, uh, making a notebook isn't what uh, people would actually kind of uh, imagine. Like it's just a, a bunch of papers and a cover and that's it. It's a very, very, very difficult uh, manufacturing process because you don't have to think of the result that you get in, in uh, like a week or two weeks. You have to make sure that your notebook is a well-built and sturdy notebook for, for it to kind of remain in the hands of the customer for years. And, and this is the most difficult thing to, to take care of, uh, like taking care of the long-run usage of the notebook. Hmm. So what's your main market right now? And uh, do you have uh, what future markets in uh, planned ahead? So um, uh, right now, the, our main market in terms of population, I would say, is the UK for sure. Because this is also where we, where we first started. Um, we, the, the biggest market in terms of volume we have is the US at the moment. Mm. Um, we have the UK, mm. we have Germany, um, and we have Canada. These are the main markets. Uh, we have other markets for sure, like France, Italy, Spain, uh, and we do get website orders from countries all around the world, from the weirdest countries that you would, you can imagine, mm. really. Mm. Um, we even have daily orders to Scandinavian countries. Every single mm. day we have lots of orders. Uh, mm -hmm. We have daily orders to Australia and New Zealand. We have orders every week from Chile. We have orders to Mexico. We really have orders. I mean, to South Africa, we have a lot of volume to South Africa. So uh, little by little, people all around the world are recognizing this brand mm -hmm. and uh, enjoying the experience they have from placing the order to receiving a notebook to writing in the notebook mm -hmm. to having it with them all, wherever they go. As a ballpark figure, do you want to tell uh, approximately how many books, uh, notebooks you have sold so far? Well, I, I can't really give out the, the number, but... Uh, but I understand. <laughs> I, I, I would could... say I can tell you a very, very rough estimate, which yeah. uh, maybe won't lead you anywhere, but <laughs> it's uh, it, <laughs> uh, I, all I can say is, is that it's more than 50,000 and wow. it's less than less than 300,000 yeah and and that's uh, ever since we we launched in 2016 i mean mm -hmm. uh, since we launched uh, we literally i literally used to sell uh, one or two notebooks a week that mm -hmm. that was really it uh, it all started from uh, my apartment in the uk i used to work uh, uh, by the way at amazon uh, i was mm -hmm. an employee at amazon before and then yeah. I was working at Rolls-Royce Aerospace in the UK, mm -hmm. and that's when I started this side business. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the first, yeah, go on. 
Yeah, we have seen uh, old pictures from Jeff Bezos' office, home office, a uh, long time ago. I mean, that have been circulated <laughs> on the net. So, I mean, you started, as I said, with um, Sunshine Story in, uh, as a startup in your basement. So, that's, thanks for sharing that, uh, Mo. Yeah, please uh, yeah, continue I mean, with uh, your experience about from Amazon, yeah, Rolls Royce, I mean, uh, etc. It was a really yeah. funny story. Uh, even at one point, we had a shipment uh, from Beirut to, my, to, to the UK, and it was all labeled wrong. And they had to ship uh, two pallets over to my apartment. Uh, mm. And my apartment was just full of notebooks wherever you went. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I printed off like hundreds of labels and just started removing all the labels from the notebooks and putting in new labels. And I spent, I, I took time off work even to work on these. Um, uh, I was like a handyman for a week's time, just packing, getting boxes. Closing boxes again and then getting UPS and shipping out the boxes again, putting them in. So I really went through a lot as well to uh, to kind of um, reach the stage. And and of course, uh, behind me was an amazing team, uh, amazing team that was helping me all the uh, like all the time. So um, uh, I mean, this did start uh, in my own apartment from the UK, but uh, if it wasn't for uh, the experience that we have in the family as a business, if it wasn't for my father who started the notebook factory and the brand itself, uh, none of this would have happened, especially my brother who was also a partner on a company who was facilitating all the operations from Beirut while I was in the UK, uh, the accounting people from my father's uh, company as well. So it was all a, a team's effort. Uh, but mm. in this, in the terms of selling point in the UK, that was, uh, I mean, I was on my own with that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it, it did start from, from the apartment. And after the first Christmas, demand was really over the roof. Uh, that was when we uh, sent in stock that was going to be worth of two or three months. And it was sold out in five days. Uh, that is when I decided to leave uh, the UK and work on this as a full-time job. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, great, great when, story. Uh, when, when, uh, yeah, when, when the demand uh, escalated, like you say, but, uh, what, was it hard to keep the quality of the notebook uh, with this higher demand? You know, you, you got it spot on. It is, uh, the, the bigger the volumes, the more difficult it is to keep with demand, uh, to keep with the quality. Because uh, more demand means you have to have a faster process in terms of manufacturing. And to, to manufacture faster, you may have to introduce new steps or new processes to do uh, things just faster. And when doing this, uh, you're doing a few features in a, in a new technique or a new way, which may be risky at first because you're not sure what the result would be. And the thing is that if you're going with bigger volumes, then if there's a mistake in 10,000 notebooks, then that's a huge problem. But in the beginning, if you if you, there's a mistake in 100 notebooks, that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, even at one point uh, last year when we were really seriously out of stock for like 40 or 50% of the year, we manufactured uh, 6,000 notebooks and they were all rejects. So we, we couldn't send them out there because the perforations was done in a really bad way. And there were kind of glue coming out of the uh, each section of the blocks inside. So uh, even opening papers flat, would uh, you would see like glue residue and you can't open it uh, completely open, have it completely open. 
So we just couldn't ship these. And we had to wait for the second production to ship again. So we were out of stock for two or three months at that time. So we did face a lot of issues while expanding. Uh, but um, it's all about kind of stabilizing your processes as much as possible and always testing ahead of time to to make sure you're ready for this uh, kind of uh, boom. Yeah. Do do you have some uh, some kind of a quality check before uh, before the notebooks leave the factory? Uh, so actually, we have a quality check for every single process there is in manufacturing. So whenever a notebook goes through a certain uh, process, it goes through quality check for that specific feature or process it went through. Uh, and uh, at the end, once the notebook has been already quality checked on every single step, there is a finally a final quality control check where um, someone would open the notebook, literally check every single page, um, make sure all the features are working correctly, uh, making sure the back pocket is working, making sure the elastic strap is well uh, strapped in, everything is okay. And then they would kind of put the little brochure that we put in the back pocket of the notebook. And then it goes through shrink wrapping. And then we put in the label. And then in the boxes, we close the boxes on the pallets and then out of the factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about a lot about the, the wildlife collection, and uh, uh, you, you recently introduced us to a new collection called the Earth Collection. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I would really love to tell you everything about it. So, <laughs> I mean, the Earth Collection was something that we've been dreaming of for a long, long time. Um, the Earth Collection is actually has been since. Uh, March or April 2017, we've been planning it since then. It went through lots of design proposals, lots of work, really. And the designers that we are working with are really over the top. We, we came up with this idea because uh, we wanted something different than the wildlife collection. Uh, because the wildlife collection, we focus on endangered animals. We we tried to think a lot about something different that we can do that is kind of related. Uh, even at some point, we wanted to do the same, uh, so the same animals, but not the animals themselves, the, the children of the animals. So instead of an elephant, a baby elephant, instead of a, a bear, a baby bear, or stuff like that. Um, but after that, we, after a few months, we thought about doing this Earth Collection that was not called the, that wasn't actually called the Earth Collection, and which would be endangered areas or habitats in the world. And we yep. chose the three top endangered uh, areas or habitats in the world, which are the Yasuni National Park, that's in the Amazon forest, uh, Serengeti National Park, that's in Tanzania, in, uh, in Africa, and the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. And we, uh, yep. we released these three notebooks focusing on these three specific uh, areas. And inside the notebook, we would kind of highlight uh, why the, this region is endangered, uh, why is it endangered, uh, how we can help it, how many animals of each species are left. Um, and it's, mm. uh, it's, it's, so it's a journal. So inside you have a keys, uh, a place to write in your keys. You have uh, an index, you have numbered pages, you have two bookmarks, uh, and the pages here are non-perforated uh, because of the numbered pages. Um, and uh, even we even introduced a new concept 
that isn't existent in any other notebook called tab keys. So in the beginning of the notebook, there's a place, a section where you can record your tab keys. So this is where you kind of allocate sections to your notebooks. And on every single page, like on the edges from the right and from the left, you have lit really very small uh, light intensity bubbles where you can fill out. Um, so once you categorize your pages, for example, the first bubble on top is for, let's say, Mexican food or whatever it is. Once you're writing inside the notebook about Mexican food, you would fill in that specific bubble. And then once you kind of finish the notebook, if you hold all the pages together and turn it a little bit, you will kind of see the sections and the colors that you have kind of categorized. So uh, we are going to release a video about that on our website and all social media to explain to people how to use it. Because I'm sure that what I said now wasn't uh, too very clear, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand it, but but I have seen your. You have some explanation on, on your on your homepage and on your Instagram feed, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's um, because I, uh, I, I've been using Bullet Journal for 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 a uh, for a while. I think yeah. since uh, late 2016, and uh, and and the art collection is uh, is very inspired by the by the Bullet Journal technique. Uh, it uh, is, uh, it is, but uh, uh, it definitely is, but even in a more a kind of personal way. So uh, yep. we have these uh, all these pages for like the keys and everything, uh, and yep. we also have a guide which we also explain about using the tab keys and all of that. Uh, all of that for a very good price as well. So this is something yep. we really took care of as well. Uh, uh, other notebooks that come with all these features and guides and, and pages come at a hefty price for customers. We tried as much as we can to keep the price at the most affordable uh, price to customers. And you know what? Actually, in the London station you show last week, a guy came and said, but the price is too good. I mean, he said that the price is a bit too good to be true, that I'm afraid your customers will think this is kind of a knockoff or ripoff or there's something attached to it or something like that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, we, we try to be as lenient with the customers so that we, we can make it um, as accessible as possible. And by the way, if you notice the covering material that we use in this earth collection is also different than that of the wildlife collection. It's more of a smoother surface and more of a shiny uh, kind of look with more pastel colors rather than the other colors that we have. And this way, with the wildlife and the earth collection, we have two choices for the customers. The customers who would like to fill in their own notebook the way they want it to be, and customers who would like predefined pages as well. Mo, uh, is it... Is, is, yeah. yeah, I just uh, yep, finished a question on the... Is it, is it the same materials uh, in, in the cover of the wildlife and earth collection, and is it the same paper? So it is definitely the same paper. Uh, the covering material is different, but it's the same composition from the same factory. Yep. Uh, everything's the same, only the look and feel of it is different and the colors. Yep. So uh, the, the yep. grain, so uh, on the wildlife, there's like a grain on the covering material, which the uh, Earth Collection does not have. So it's there are many the same composition in terms of manufacturing them, same credentials, same everything, but just a different look so that uh, people would have kind of two choices if they prefer one over the other. I have 
I have a small question about yep. the pocket notebooks here. Um, I'm a well notebook guy. I like to keep a notebook for like brewing and uh, making other hobbies and so on. <laughs> uh, so I, I was noticing you're sold out on the at least on the UK page here. Are there any uh, like plans of keep making those? I like the colorful uh, the colorful covers there. Or are you focusing right now so, on the uh, on the journals? Thank you so much for yeah. asking this question. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for asking asking this question. Really, uh, the pocket notebooks are a very sensitive topic for us here at the uh, I mean uh, at the company. Mm, yeah. um, the thing is that selling them uh, since we were selling mainly online, uh, selling pocket notebooks online is is really difficult. Yeah. Because if we wanted to sell an, an A6 size notebook, people would go for the reporter version that we have of the A6, a more yeah. heavy duty one. These are more suitable for over the counter kind of selling. People would buy them while they're at the course, counter yeah. in the store or whatever. You see them in person and so yeah. on. Yeah. And ex exactly. And since uh, the designs of these as well isn't very coherent with our brand no. right now and the route that it took. Uh, we are actually thinking of redesigning them. For example, there's a gray one with like the yellow flower uh, in the front. We're actually thinking of having like a yellow octopus instead of a flower to make it, to make it more yeah. coherent with mm. the brand in general. Okay, thank you. And since we're also really uh, launching now direct into retail mm. as well, so we we uh, in the London Stationery Show, it was also our launch to to physical shops. Uh, last year, we weren't able to uh, launch to physical shops due to the capacity that we had. And this year, we officially launched to physical sh shops. And now people are already placing orders to all their stores around the UK. And actually, we are going to start launching into stores into Scandinavian countries as well. Oh, yeah. Very mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. we're already yeah. yeah, we already set up the structure and we're almost done. And we're going to start the dis this distribution in the coming months. Yeah. Is is this as uh, I saw um, recently? You you uh, make uh, your your notebooks are now available on on online store in Sweden. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, is it going is is it going to come to to the physical stores as well, or is it going to be this online uh, only? So it's it's coming to physical stores as well, and even more online stores. So right now we have two stores. Oh. Uh, we have one store in Sweden and one store in Denmark. That are both stocking yep. dingbats, uh, and uh, we will be uh, launching, uh, rolling out physically, and hopefully to even more online stores. Uh, I think we will start selling uh, next month, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great! Price. So then people from Scandinavian countries would would even, would have more access to dingbats because trust me, the amount of orders and questions that we have from customers. Where can we find these? Where can we find these? We need to see them first. And orders every single day. I'm sure that the market over there is very well suitable for our brand. Mm. At least if you keep the wonderful paper that I've now tried, then uh, that will <laughs> buy, buy a couple of notebooks as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that what I did a note to myself and a side note to Johan Gustafsson because we have a podcast together called Productivitet in Swedish. Or Productivity plus tea. So we're drinking tea and talking about getting things done. And we are talking, okay. planning already for next year and we're talking about how to do this journaling and so on. So with, with that awesome. explanation about the color coding, so to speak, or, or, or uh, marking, tabbing, uh, you got me 
very interested. So that's why I wanted to do that side note. <laughs> Asterix, yeah, so, so hopefully this, yep. uh, the, the thing that you do about uh, productivity will be reflected on a Dingbat's Earth Notebook, hopefully. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah you, you mentioned, uh, uh, we talked about, about the Wildlife Collection, which was, was the collection that started it all, and we talked about the Earth Collection, which is the, which is the ne next thing, and, and uh, you mentioned your small A6 uh, both reporter yeah. and and uh, the the pocketbooks. Uh, but uh, as I understand it, you have you have one more product uh, soon to be released. Uh, can you tell us anything about it? Yeah. So uh, thanks thanks for the question. Uh, we have a, a new uh, kind of size for the wider collection that is releasing. We haven't actually told anyone about it uh, plenty, but we are releasing it towards the end of the month as well. Uh, they are going to be launched at the same time of the Earth Collection. Uh, they are the so there's the reporter version of the wildlife, which is kind of a flip-up version. But uh, the new A6 sized wildlife notebooks are are the exact same as the A5 ones, but but as a mini version, and they are pocket sized. So the paper inside is nine by fourteen centimeters. And with the cover, it's 9.5 by 14.5. It's a really, really, really cute notebook. It's amazing. I just hold it with me anywhere I go. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I just love them. And I'm sure that they'll do really well. People would love them. The price is really good. The quality is the same as that of the WIDAP notebook with all the features. Because the reporter notebook doesn't have a pen holder and doesn't have a bookmark. And it, it, it wasn't that popular with customers given its uh it's the weird way of opening it uh over the top yep. and this sidebound one i think would have uh, a bigger uh customer base for sure mm -hmm. and i have one uh, one easy and one hard question for you <laughs> on on the a6 uh, wildlife yeah. uh, the is it is it how uh, how many pages is it in it is it uh, it's it's one is it the same well. thickness yeah, so it's, it's the same thickness as, as the as it's a big brother. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another hard question: Have you have you managed to keep it open flat even in this small size? Uh, actually, it, it it works really well. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the good thing about uh, the pocket notebooks, uh, uh, the A6 ones that we are releasing now, is that the, these are the most ones that are handmade. So these have more handmade processes than the other ones. And having it handmade, believe it or not, makes having a lay flat notebook even better. Because uh, doing the binding on a machine requires some heating, some cooling, and stuff like that, um, which kind of uh, goes against the lay flat uh, ability of a notebook. These A6 ones are literally brushed by hand one by one over its spine to apply the cold glue that we use, and the lay flat ability is just excellent. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, awesome, and uh, it's uh, you. You're making me uh, want to do a big, big, big order in, <laughs> in late of May here. So, uh, so it's uh, yeah, it is, uh, and I, 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 it's it's hard to to to. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to see how how uh, because because your notebook is 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 a premium priced but it's it's a really low price for what you get and and what you have told us today is 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 a is an 
amazing amount of work into every notebook. Exactly, uh, Johan. I mean, you know, the weird thing is that once we get a review on Amazon, for example, uh, great notebook, uh, awesome, uh, low price. I mean, they're, review <laughs> they're saying that the notebook is at a low price than what it should be. And that is always reassuring yeah. for us as well. Because uh, given the cost that we have to produce this, uh, I would say, craft, um, I mean, you wouldn't believe the cost of doing these. And it was really difficult for us to have a matching price level as competing brands. And knowing that customers appreciate that as well is, is just success for us, really. So, so we're really happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, I would thank you for for your um, for your for your um, yeah full time and for your honest answers. Yeah. Uh, and to to uh, to ask you a more personal question: uh, What type of pens are you using every day? <laughs> so I use two pens. Um, yeah. uh, the first pen that I use always, and excuse me for saying that, is a deep ballpoint <laughs> pen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. and that's for quickly writing notes or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But what I always yeah. have with me is a Lamy 2000. That's what I always use as my pen. Oh, with a medium. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I medium always. Name. Yeah, that's that's my pen. Is it uh, you used the 2000 to test your your paper? Is that when you when you when you're going to shake it for for fountain pens? Is we that, actually that, have uh, a, a big collection of around 20 fountain pens, mm -hmm. and we test our yep. paper with every single one that mm -hmm. we have. We have maybe like uh, nine or ten lamis, and we have many other ones as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we have pens that range from getting them for five dollars to a pen that we have that uh, actually cost us $700. Uh, so we really have all yeah. types of pens to test the paper in, in every way possible, in addition to fine liner tips uh, and uh, small kind of markers, everything that uh, bullet journalists also use uh, when they are uh, kind of journalists. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so you, you had a... Uh... I had a post on on your on your site on on your blog uh, when when they have a, a pen test of all the all the different bullet journaling pens, if exactly. you say. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's using the new paper. Yeah, is is it? Uh, are you planning something similar, but with with different fountain pens and different nib sizes? You you got it spot on again. Really, we are uh, right now. Uh, <laughs> we actually want to do a full. Uh, fountain pen test. Unfortunately, my handwriting is really bad uh, <laughs> compared to <laughs> compared to everyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am actually looking for someone who would be able to do sort of a similar thing with us. So yeah, we are looking into doing this very soon as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, do do uh, Martin or Yuan? Uh, do you have any more questions for Mo? Yeah, I have a. Two quick ones, and maybe you, both you and you and could do a follow-up. Uh, how could the listeners reach out to you? And also, if you, uh, during the whole time here, Mo, and thanks again for taking the time, uh, have you thought about any uh, guests uh, that you would uh, want to listen to in the future for an international episode of Pen Meets Paper? Yeah, so, so to answer your questions... Um... 
Uh, how could the listeners reach out to us? Uh, there are two ways. Uh, I'm, I'm more than happy for any of the listeners to first reach out to my uh, email address, which is mo, M-O, at dingbats-notebooks.com, or simply visiting our website. We have a contact us section, and they can fill in the contact form. And then we'll, uh, as, as Johan already knows, we'll reach out to them in under 24 hours, and we'll uh, answer any questions that they have. Um, as uh, as a uh, uh, next guest listener, uh, guest uh, visitor in your podcast, uh, I think uh, someone who uh, uh, someone related to fountain pens. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone uh, working at a fountain pen company, like the, the big names, who mm-hmm. uh, to maybe join and explain more about uh, how they would uh, how the manufacturing process of a fountain pen itself how they do their testings, on what paper they test on, and what notebooks they would also prefer to write on, hearing their side of the story and her, their side of the market and their perception of the writing world would really be great because you can't write on a, uh, with a pen without a notebook or, a, or paper, and uh, which is why your, blo- your podcast is Pen Meets Paper. Uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> uh, so, so I would love to listen uh, to to such uh, a podcast, especially internationally, um, yep. uh, and and to hopefully uh, hear them mention that they're using a Dingbass notebook to test out their own fountain pens. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to our conversation with Kate of Pen uh, Pen, uh, our I first international? A, yeah. Yes, great. I listened to it. Briefly. It was re- really great as well. And uh, I, I really wish you all the success in your international series. And I'm sure that you will do really great, uh, given that uh, the content that you are pursuing is really re- relative to uh, what the customers want right now and what they care about. I mean, really, this nostalgia about pen and paper is really booming. It really, you, you guys cannot imagine. Everyone is doing notebooks right now. Even fashion brands are doing notebooks. Uh, Louis Vuitton are doing notebooks. It's 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 really surprising to see that it's a really booming market, and it's a very competitive space at the same time. Um, mm. So uh, I really love your podcast. So congratulations for that again, and uh, hopefully uh, at some point you you have hundreds of thousands of listeners listening to your podcast. <laughs> Uh, I'm really sure that you would reach a stage where you wouldn't even believe uh, how you guys reached this. I mean, for me, myself, selling one or two notebooks a week and then selling just thousands it was something that I could not even imagine. It was just a hobby at the beginning. I was just doing it on the side. And then seeing the passion the customers have for your own product, appreciating the amount of work you're putting in is really just another story. Mm. Thank Great. you. Very much. Thank you very much, Mo. Yeah. 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 I want to thank uh, once again. Thank you, Mo, for for being here. I also want to to thank uh, Jim Johnson, who who did our little jingle that you will hear in the podcast, <laughs> and uh, and you can uh, reach out to us to Penna Motor Pepper. It's hard to. It's, it's Swedish. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> we, I will, the, we'll, we will have a. Yeah. We will have a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will have a link in the show notes that you can go to a web page and, and uh, contact us or, or um, and 
on Facebook, and we will have everything in, in the in the show notes. Uh, and once again, thanks Mo for for your time Thank and you your uh, your answers. Thank you Thank guys you much. so much Gigi, for your time as well. For uh, I mean, we, we spent the, the last hour really having a very fruitful discussion. Mm -hmm. I really learned a lot from you guys as well. And uh, I hope maybe sometime again soon I can join you again and we can have a very nice discussion. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. It was just yeah, just thanks. just very insightful having having heard about your uh, your uh, well, both the good things that you found and well the little troubles at the factory and so on that you just encountered. So it was really a learning experience. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheer you. Bye, guys. Thanks, Martin. Bye. Thanks, Johan. Bye.